welcome back, brave souls. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. I'm Emily. And with us... I'm Steve. Steve. Uh, we were going to slag off on a popular game, so we had to bring Steve back. Ooh, I love slagging off on games. What <laughs> game are we slagging? Ticket to Ride. Aww. <laughs> It's actually a really fantastic game for a lot of reasons. Unfortunately, it's not flawless. That is true. Nothing is is flawless. Let's talk about some of the reasons why Ticket to Ride might actually not be the best game ever. Okay, my big problem with it arises from being a huge game snob, somebody who always wants to strategize and plan and be all smart and stuff. And uh, that is that the tickets don't actually matter all that much, generally speaking. What really matters is those giant six-train routes that are worth 15 points. If you manage to collect enough of the same color card to just build all the long routes... Then you're golden. I mean, it doesn't really matter how many tickets the other players fulfill. They're never going to be able to catch up to that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to try and disagree with you, but I, I thought about it in my head for a minute and the biggest tickets are only 22 points Mm -hmm. and if even if I screw you out of one of those tickets you're sure you lose the 22 points but if you've even got just two six car long routes that's that's 30 points you're you're ahead Mm -hmm. uh, on the and the odds of me actually borking your tickets are pretty slim unless you're playing really obviously Mm -hmm. you know for something that has so little to do. I mean, we talked about how Ticket to Ride has, you know, it's good for beginners because there are a few choices to make. <laughs> it sucks that one of those choices just doesn't have any weight to it, you know? Like, if you're going to have something... I would say it has no weight, but... Not nearly as much as the others, you know? If you're yeah. going to do... If you're going to have a game with only, like, three things you can do, you want those three things to be at least similar in importance, right? Sure. Now, here's the thing, though, I think, about Ticket to Ride, and the flaws are part of what actually make it a great gateway game. (laughs) Because for someone who's never played the game before, you're probably going to really enjoy it. You're going to like what it does, and you're going to see, oh, there's room for strategy here. (laughs) And you're going to want to play it again and explore those strategies And you're eventually, if you play it often enough and actually get into the idea of that games can be learned and you can you can develop strategies, you're going to learn. Oh, hey, yeah, tickets aren't that useful. What I really want to do is is this. It makes you feel smart. And what's the point of a gateway game that is the only game someone ever plays? Mm. Right, it's got to be a gate that leads somewhere. This. Ticket to Ride opens that gate, and then eventually you want to go through that gate and follow the path that it has put you on, because you're like, I don't ever want to play Ticket to Ride again, because I've played it to death, and I've figured out the flaws to it. And so now you're on this path of, but I liked the set collection aspect of it, so what other games are out there with set collection? Or I like the theme of it, what other train games are out there? It actually functions as the perfect gateway because it's not a game that is good enough for you to want to play over and over again for the rest of your life. What are some other flaws that it has, though? Oh my god, so the one that bugs me the most and is one that, the first time you look at it, you kind of like 
have to take a minute to wrap your brain around is that so you have these like roots on the map and there are they are colors and you have cards and they are those same colors like for that reason you know like the ticket the red tickets build the red route but and you also got player pieces yeah you've also got like red trains like i have red trains and steve has green trains and jonathan has blue trains but the blue trains have nothing to do with the blue roots and the green trains have nothing to do with the green cards mm. but they're still blue and green and red and what is infuriating for me is that they like obviously thought about it a little bit because the trains have little symbols on them like accessibility stuff for you know if you're colorblind you know like the red trains have like a dot at the top and the blue ones have like a triangle or whatever whatever so they've thought about it a little bit but not enough they have this like (laughs) half-formed thought and that somehow makes it more infuriating you know it could have gone the rest of the way and made it so that the player colors are different from the root colors. Because mm-hmm. the, the cards have to match the spaces on the boards. Because I need three blue cards to make this space, to make this root on the board that's three blue spaces long. But uh, I could have had, like, you know, aqua colored trains. Yeah. Instead, it, it didn't match. The, yeah. Spots. Something, anything. And, and this is far from the only game that does that. And That's true. And so if, if there is a, a game publisher out there listening to this podcast... Don't do this. Please, make sure that player <laughs> pieces are only the same color as elements on the board if that matching color matters. This public service announcement brought to you from the Snakes cast. Other stuff. Let's see. Oh, the locomotives, the wild cards. So, in addition to the cards which are used to build roots in various colors, there's also locomotives which are rainbow colored. They can be any color you want them to be. Very useful. Oh yeah, they're the best. They're they're clearly superior to the other cards, which means that they had to do something to make it harder to get them. So usually you get to pick up two cards, but if you pick up one of the face up locomotives, then that counts as picking up two, and that's your whole turn. So all right, fair enough. It's just that getting one card when you could have gotten two, pretty much never good. No, never good. Every once in a while, if it is that absolute one card you need, there to are no pink cards in the, the deck. Where are all the pink cards? To, okay, fine, screw it. I'll to take build that card. thing that you need to finish that big ticket or whatever. But yeah, in general, two cards is better than one. And uh, so as a result, the the display, this little uh, line of five cards that people can pick from when they're picking up new stuff, tends to get gummed up with a lot of locomotives. And uh, there, there is a rule for that. If there's three or more, you discard them all and bring up five new cards. But uh, it's this fiddly little extra rule, and it always feels annoying having to explain it. But mm-hmm. Okay, what else? Well, there's the Rust Belt strategy. Okay. So the game is kind of solved if you know the tickets well enough. Hmm. If you build a network of trains throughout the the eastern seaboard and a little bit into the Midwest, uh, you have a tremendous ability to collect tickets that you've already completed, which is a way to negate your other complaint about the game, which Mm. is that tickets don't matter. But if I can build this, spend the first third of the game building this network uh, of trains throughout the Rust Belt and then for the remaining two thirds of the game take tickets every turn that is a point mill for me because I am practically guaranteed to get at least one ticket that I have either already finished or am a single train away from finishing every single turn and that's just that's more points uh, than you can generate in a single turn by any other 
ongoing method of the game. Like you, you don't generate points if you take cards every turn. You cannot build every turn because you won't have enough cards. But if I've done my building properly uh, in the early stages of the game, I can turn the ticket action into guaranteed points or, or near guaranteed points every single turn. And the, the moral of the, the story game. is don't let Steve complete a route across the Rust Belt. <laughs> Another thing about Ticket to Ride is that it plays just a little too long than it should. Yeah, I, th- I think it kind of wears at its welcome about 10 minutes before it's over. Yeah, like mm. I'd say like a game normally takes about like maybe like 45 minutes at most, but it really sort of like starts becoming a little bit grating at like 20, 25, it, you know? This wants to be a half hour long game, mm-hmm. and it isn't. And there's unfortunately no quick fix to that. Because with mm-hmm. some games, if it's too long, you just take out some pieces. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Uh, zombies! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation <laughs> point. That game is... A game that never ends. Yeah, it, it's, it's way too long. All, the best way to shorten it, aside from just never opening the box, is to remove a bunch of... The, that would be my approach. A, a bunch of the, the map tiles, the ones that don't have functioning buildings on them. Just get those out. And that will shorten the gameplay time. With Ticket to Ride, you could theoretically drop everybody down to 40 cars in their supply or even 35 cars in their supply. Good the luck problem getting your tickets being done. is that the tickets are balanced for 45 cars in your supply. And if you're not playing with the full amount, then there is no way that you're realistically going to be completing any of those cross-continental tickets. Uh, so you would have to remove some cards... And then redesign some tickets to make shorter routes. And that's way more work than any one person wants to do mm-hmm. to house rule a game to be shorter. They should make Ticket to Ride Express and it should be like a subway map. That eh? sounds like a good plan, eh? actually. I mean, because at this point, I feel like Ticket to Ride has been sort of eclipsed by other gateway games, shorter gateway games like Splendor and Imhotep that play in about a half an hour, which seems to be about the optimal length of time for this sort of thing. We've been doing the Board Game Cafe thing for long enough now that we can sort of see this seems to be about the optimal length for a first play experience. One of the other ways that you can address these problems, you know, one of the ways you can rebalance Ticket to Ride is by playing with a different set of tickets or with a different map or indeed by adding new components to the game. And in fact, Days of Wonder did that very thing with various different alternate versions of Ticket to Ride. And when we get to Friday this week, we're going to talk to you a little bit about those. Thank you.